Web 37 Daily, a 1.37 p.m. daily Twitter space on all things NFTs and Web3. First of all, welcome to all of you. Last time we chatted with Alex, <laughs> the amount of DMs I've gotten, and I can't even imagine yours, Alex, was tremendous. And I didn't know any of the questions nor how to answer them. So we just created more content around it. Um, today's conversation is a little bit different. Anybody who's obviously who might have specific questions to Alex around taxes, they're more than welcome to ask it. But I do believe that the most amount of value people receive out of all these talks is basically asking their questions to Alex before, sorry, after Alex gives his two cents on what we're talking about, aka the taxes and compliance of DAOs. And from there, Alex, if you're cool with it, we can just go to questions from the audience. And if we don't have, if we just run out of questions, we can just go through the things that you value in terms of how people can do the right thing or the things that you're seeing currently. One of the popular questions or topics that people are looking into is with regards to DAOs. And there's the questions of how do you run it? How do you set it up? Um, what needs to be done? Um, and then uh, I guess the biggest question there that a lot of people ask is, hey, what are the tax ramifications for this for both myself as well as potentially token holders um, and some of the other uh, individuals that are involved in this? And the biggest thing that we um, – see or that we recommend is first for people to look into and make sure that um, they're looking at this one at the legal side of things um, in in the sense of you want to make sure that you're not um, getting charged or that you're not set up as a potential financial instrument. Um, which then has SEC regulations or requirements. So you want to first have a conversation with your lawyer on this to see, are you a security or are you not? Um, Then the next questions that we get a lot of is, how should I set this up? Do I need a, um, do I need a, um, Wyoming LLC um, or something else along those lines. Um, and I guess the, the main reason a lot of people go with Wyoming is Wyoming did just come out with their Dow LLC version. And then there's also the anonymity around it um, in the sense that they don't publish um, names of the directors or holders of the LLC. Um, So there's that benefit as well. Um, The biggest complexity that we've seen um, with regards to DAOs is if it is a DAO that is over a hundred individuals, there is the SEC complexity and requirement. Um, If you either way, Um, Whether you're five people, 50 people, or 500 people, um, 
for you to be fully compliant from a U.S. tax perspective, if you are a LLC and treat it as a partnership, everybody would need to get doxxed and information needs to be provided and K-1s would need to be sent to the shareholders or the partnership interest holders um, at the end of the day. Um, so there, there's a question with regards to managing and processing any new members into the DAO um, and whether or not a DAO interest or a DAO token can be easily bought and sold. Um, so those are some of the initial questions or concerns that um, a lot of clients have. Um, other individuals have said, well, hey, I can just set up a uh, BVI entity or a Cayman entity or something else along those lines and then not have to um, report this to the U.S. IRS. That really only holds true if everybody is a non-U.S. individual. And a U.S. individual, for the most part, is anybody with a U.S. green card or U.S. passport. So you, if it's a fully international team, that's a completely different conversation to be had. Um, life there is a bit easier, especially if people are in other countries. Um, but we're, I'm looking at this from a U.S. perspective and the U.S. requirements around somebody who has an, an operates a DAO. Um, so there, there's a number of things that you want to look at. Are you over or under 100 individuals? Um, some of the popular ones or the famous ones are like Flamingo Dow. Under 100 people, they do their compliance the way that they have to. They issue K-1s, um, things of that nature. Um, and then there's also the public DAOs where it's like potentially 10,000 people in it. And no K-1s are issued. And there's a question of, what's going to happen with the income that's generated by the treasury um, and some of the complexities around that. When you say that, do you mean when you say 100, those are the 100 people who are a part of the DAO or the founding team behind it? Uh, who are equity holders Got within the DAO. Got it. So it could be basically anybody from anybody who's listening here. Correct. Correct. So let's say there's a team that has an existing DAO. Uh, they would like to invite you to join them. Um, it's a question of how many partners are already in the DAO and then how many new additional partners are being added to it. Got it. Um, last time you talked about stuff like Cointracker, um, Zenledger. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to automate? the DAO process as well? Um, the, there's currently no real software available um, to help with the data gathering of DAO members. Um, we've built some things internally uh, certain forms, certain uh, information requests internally um, that we use um, to gather information for uh, members of DAOs. Um, but there is no software that's public and out there um, 
for people to be able to use that. Got it. Cool. So we just have to manually figure it out is what you're saying. Unfortunately, yeah. The data gathering for W8s, W9s um, of the DAO members is a little bit of a manual process. Got it. Um, there's no one single software that will do the entire bit for you. And then there's also the question of um, how do you allocate profits or income, especially if um, individuals come in later. Mm-hmm. And then if somebody, there's a question of, do you allow for people to sell their interests in a DAO? Or do you want to limit their ability to do that? Got it. Um, and last time you were mentioning, Alex, the like you talked about, there was the ETH selling at the NFT that you bought at the time that the ETH is at and then you get taxed at that rate. Um, what's that look like for DAOs? Because you could just make an initial investment and just hold it and not necessarily, that DAO doesn't necessarily give you any aka dividends or anything back. It could just be staying there because it could just be a pass. Correct. Uh, There's a number of complexities. So let's say you put, for you to join a DAO, let's say you, you paid in, five or 10 ETH. And then that DAO decides to buy and sell NFTs in order to uh, generate income or what they're doing is just basically taking the ETH or USDC, whatever it might be, and staking it to generate some yield farming and some revenue sources that way. Um, Technically speaking, if you own 1% of the partnership, or of the DAO, you are then responsible for 1% of the overall profits that are generated by that DAO. Got it. Even if you have not liquidated anything? Even if you haven't received anything, and even if you haven't, um, even if no distributions have been made uh, towards you. Mm-hmm. It's more like a hypothetical text. <laughs> Um, yes and no, in the sense that, um, the, the big question is the way that partnerships work is that whatever the economics are on December 31st, they flow through to you, the individual at that point in time. So it's all a question of how it's structured. One of the pros for a partnership is that there is no legal entity tax. The one con for a partnership is that um, the whatever the profits are, are instantly taxable to the shareholders as of December 31st. Cool. That makes sense to me now that you say it. Anybody have any questions from the audience? I'm happy to add anybody here because obviously DAOs are more um, specific compared to NFTs and not many people are in DAOs compared to NFTs so it's okay to ask probably more simple questions that you might not know um, while we do that Alex do you want to cover anything else that's one on one basis that you think would be helpful for people 
Within a DAO? Correct. So uh, I, I think um, something uh, to look at for individuals with DAOs, um, if you're an investor in a DAO or if you're becoming a member of a DAO, um, there's also a couple of different ways that you might be getting your stake or your coins in the DAO um, in the sense that you might be working and as part of your contributions, that is how you end up getting a certain percentage or a certain number of coins. Um, those coins, whether or not you receive a K1 or some sort of official form from the DAO, those coins have a value at the time that they're distributed to you. That would be considered additional taxable income. So make sure that if you're receiving anything from a DAO or overall, if you're doing anything um, from a crypto perspective, all of these transactions for the vast majority of it will be considered taxable income and need to be reported as such. Copy. Javier, do you want to ask your question? Yeah, I had a question in relation to um, kind of just going into that same topic. So I'm part of a DAO. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for this space. Um, you guys are always okay. getting off with uh, info and helping out. But um, so, yeah, my question is, I'm part of a DAO and I received two distributions. One is a distribution token of uh, partial ownership of the uh, uh, of the DAO uh, directly uh what's it called, with how much of my contribution was, which was two ETH. So I received two ETH worth of uh, DAO ownership tokens and then also two ETH worth of another, um, what's it called, another NFT that the entire DAO had bought um, as a whole with that ETH So uh, that they had received. So in other words, I have to pay basically four ETH worth of taxes in that case, right? It really depends in the sense that if what you're doing is initially buying into the uh, the DAO and in order for you to be a member, they're giving out some sort of tokens in exchange for the two DAO, then the original two tokens that you received is not a gain or loss. It would just be a conversion from ETH to whatever the uh, token is. Uh, so that wouldn't necessarily be a tax uh, taxable income to you, but any additional subsequent distributions from the DAO, that would be taxable. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. That really helped me alleviate some uh, some thoughts I didn't take into account, but thank you so much for your help. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, Javier. Anybody else have any other questions? Nope. Cool. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask Alex was, um, what are DAOs defined as in the legal system? And like, when you file it, what do they go under? So it's all a question of um, how you set it up. Uh, there is no legal classification of a DAO. So it's not like a corporation, it's not like an LLC or anything else of that nature. Um, there is no 
legal classification of DAO. Um, it just purely becomes a question of how did you guys set it up? And if you set it up with a legal wrapper on it, um, there are some DAOs that we're aware of that are being ran as um, completely unincorporated, which could be a concern and potential liability uh, to the token holders. Um, other DAOs are set up as LLCs. Other DAOs, uh, some DAOs are set up as corporations. Um, so it's all a question of uh, the intentions and plans for that DAO um, and then go from there. Good. Do you think people who want to be a part of a DAO should reconsider depending on what that DAO's legal positioning looks like? Does Do you think there's a decision-making caveat to that? Um, that is more of, I think, a legal conversation. Um, what we have done is, with a lot of our clients, we're basically splitting DAOs into two categories. One being um, a DAO that is sub-100, that is fully papered. There's a partnership agreement, the whole nine yards. Um, and then the basically those are just like totally normal partnership agreements and partnership um, views. And then the other way that we're looking at it are a little bit of a gray market DAO in the sense that it's 10,000 10, person DAO that may or may not have plans to issue K-1s, may or may not have the appropriate legal structures. That's a little bit on the gray area. And then the um, in the deep end um, is the DAOs that are being operated at, with no legal entities, no legal structures around it, um, and with no potential limitation of exposure of any liabilities to the DAO holders. Um, so we usually recommend um, if somebody is going into the deep end of DAOs to hold those tokens in an LLC so that if there is some sort of liability or a lawsuit or something else of that nature for it to go towards the LLC and not you, the individual, um, and then there's also the gray area ones you may potentially want to put into an LLC as well. Um, and then basically uh, go from there. Got it. Hey, Mark. Do you want to ask a question? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, Alex, I wanted to ask you a question. You're talking about um, depends how it's set up. How do you set up a DAO? as an LLC or as a partnership or as an S-Corp? How do you do that? Um, I mean, you file with the Secretary of States, with the appropriate states uh, that you need to be in, um, get the operating agreement, and then go from there. Okay. Cool. Anything okay. specific that you're looking for? Um, yeah, I'm probably going to reach out to you because, yeah, I started a, um, am starting a volleyball DAO. It's just for volleyball players all over the world. Um, we're going to host community events and do stuff like that. And I'm just kind of trying to figure out how, 
I need to structure it from the legal side and, you know, what all is going to have to go into it. Um, still pretty early stages, but starting thinking about that early. Yeah, and my usual recommendation with all of these things is have a conversation with a lawyer and an accountant up front before you start to draft documents. Um, because what you don't want to do is you don't want to have to redo things either after the DAO has already started or launched um, or when you're like three quarters of the way through. Um, it ends up being more expensive in hindsight. Um as opposed to having to sit down, call it half an hour, an hour with a lawyer, half an hour or an hour with an attorney. Make sure you know what you're looking to do and then go from there. Gotcha, gotcha. Appreciate the advice. Thank you, Alex. Sure thing. Um, you know, Nick, you want to ask your question? Yeah, sure. Um, what's the most interesting uh, DAO that you've come across in your time as uh, the NFT CPA? Ooh, uh, it depends on what your definition of interesting is. Uh, well, um, it, it, you can go, uh, I'll let you do the full spectrum of, uh, of examples here. Um, cause I'm sure that, uh, interesting will be engaging content for, uh, everybody here. Um, <laughs> I, I am not a member, uh, but I'm definitely interested in the things that Flamingo Dow um, and some of the other ones that are with doing it correctly in the sense that they're not looking at um, the IRS and basically saying, we're not doing this. They're looking at the IRS as well as the SEC and everybody else and basically saying, how do we do this compliantly so that we keep you on the right side? So personally, I'm a big fan of Flamingo Dow um, and some of the other big uh, Dows that are out there. Um, I, I guess it's going to be interesting to see how links DAO, um, works out with the purchase or potential purchase of a golf course, um, and some of the other things that they're looking to do. Um, the commercialization of the DAO is going to be interesting. Um, and then also, I mean, we've seen a bunch of DAOs that were created or not created. And it was just like um, a bunch of people saying it's a DAO trying to do something to generate cash. Um, and then it, it's either a rug pull or just like an implosion because too many people trying to have their voice heard and said. And what ends up happening is that nobody actually has their voice heard um, and it just becomes a complete fighting within the DAO itself. I, I think a appropriate or a strong uh, management team within the DAO um, is necessary uh, in order to make sure that a DAO, especially if it's got a large treasury, is moving correctly in the right direction. Does that answer your exciting question, Nick? <laughs> I, yes, I, I, I think so. Um, maybe a few more years into the DAO uh, infrastructure, we'll get some pretty wacky stories, though, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of the wacky stories will end up uh, creeping out in the news um, 
in the coming months and years. Um, we obviously, if there is anything, uh, we obviously cannot um, <laughs> share any of those uh, stories. Um, in, in your eyes, what makes a DAO sustainable? I, I think there's two things. One, there really does need to be a common goal of what they're looking to do. And then the other one is there has to be a couple of individuals who are able to help guide the strength of the DAO um, in the right direction and making sure that people are accountable, making sure that um, things are active and that it doesn't just become a hobby for somebody where they'll come in and do something once every six months. Good answer. Cool. Um, cool. Um, I'm going to go into POAP mode because I don't have any other questions, but I see Jesse from Elevate Labs in the audience. I've been a fan of Elevate Labs for and their product for a while. Just you use to it too? Oh my God. Yes. I, yeah, my- <laughs> we've been, I've, I've DM with Jesse before about their product. Um, I love it. I, uh, I use it every day. It's amazing. Cool. Shambo comes on. We'll give a power app and then Alex, we'll get your closing remarks and then we'll call it a day. Anybody who missed it, who missed the chance to ask you a question, they can cry later. That's okay. Go ahead, Shammy. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Great space as always. I believe this is the third time we've had Alex here. So Alex, thank you so much for your time. Always really appreciate it and always learn a ton. So yeah, again, just thanks. For, thanks for being here. Uh, but you're not here to you're not here to listen to me say thanks. Everyone's here for the PO app at this point. Uh, if you don't know what a PO app is, PO app stands for Proof of Attendance Protocol. It's a free NFT that we want to give to everyone here for participating in today's space. So in order to claim today's POAP, you will need the POAP mobile app. That's P-O-A-P that you can download in the Google Play or Apple App Store. I'm assuming most of everyone here probably already has it. So I'll just jump right to the secret word. Everyone, please open your POAP mobile app up. In the bottom right-hand corner, please hit the mint button. Once you hit that, a menu is going to pop up. You're going to hit on secret word. And today's secret word... Uh, is going to be lowercase n numbers and it is going to be lowercase d the number one lowercase a the number three lowercase o the number seven so it is d one a three o seven very complicated i know extremely today very cryptic (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> so it's Dow layered on uh, like with one, three, seven Correct. alternating characters. D one, a three, zero. Oh, oh, seven, not zero, seven. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> God damn it, I'm like, it, like as Watch soon as they texted me this, language. this code, I, I swear I was in a mental pretzel. I was like, did Shammy just like drop his phone? <laughs> like and send this to me. <laughs> so I'll say it once more to make sure it was loud and clear for everyone. The secret word 
is, and all the letters are lowercase, D one A three O seven. I think everybody got it. Cool. Did that work for anyone? Because it does not work for me. Works for me. Yeah. Lowercase. Yeah, yeah, it's all lowercase. It just says invalid claim, claim failure code, unknown error. Try, uh, clo- do me a favor, just close out your app completely and open it back up and try again. Sometimes there's just some troubleshooting issues. Is it updated? Uh, probably not. Okay, that could be it. Mark, yeah, weren't, could you, also be- weren't you driving? <laughs> I was driving. I would. I'm not anymore. <laughs> I was like, bro, that doesn't sound safe. Pull over for the po op, especially with that code. But <laughs> like, it's like one seven. Oh, someone has I love food.eth claimed it. Loved your Ethereum address. Who is that? I don't know, but they love food. <laughs> um, are they here? I don't. I don't see that handle. Interesting. Are you, if you are I love food.eth, can you just request to speak? Yeah. Um, Alex, why I je- we jibber jabber? Do you want to add anything else before we close it out? So, a uh, couple other things. We're basically two and a half, three weeks away from tax return time uh, of April 15th. This year, it's technically April 18th. Um, what I will say is if you can't file on time, don't just throw a random number on the return and hope it sticks. I would recommend file an extension. There's no penalties for it. Um, it will help reduce or alleviate any sort of penalties. File an extension. Give yourself the additional six six months. Don't wait until October 15th to do it. Um, take the summer. Take your time. And um, either do it yourself or we can help you with it. Um there's no problems with doing an extension. You're more likely, a lot of people say, well, hey, I'll be um, audited or something else along those lines. In all seriousness, if you file an extension, uh, a return incorrectly or with information that doesn't match the IRS records, you're more likely to be audited that way as opposed to going on extension and then submitting a complete and accurate, fully defendable tax return. Perfect. Mark, you got it or no? Yes, I did. Thank you so much, guys. I have to ask, did you pull over specifically for this POAP? No, 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 I did not. Okay. Well, I would have respected the POAP DGEN energy if if you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment here. Well, appreciate it. Appreciate it, Nathan. Um, cool. Alex, thanks so much. And Ezra, thank you so much. Shami, Nick, Mark, Javier, thank you for asking the question, Alex. Um, if you have any more questions, uh, please send us through. We can, we are, we're always open to create more content around these, and I'm sure Alex is too. So looking forward to it. And if you've learned something from this chat in the past 20 minutes, if you can tweet us, we would love to learn one nugget that you got from us today. And thank you. We'll see you soon. See you, Hizzy. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Hi. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out every single live Twitter space on our Twitter at 1.37 p.m.